Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the bridesmaids and the groomsmen that cannot stand next to each other because they don't like each other anymore and they maybe once did and they hooked up at a party and what did they do? We do not know. It's the wedding party episode. I'm sorry if having intimate relations is not up to your approval, ladies and gentlemen, but the bottom line is we're here to talk about how do we choose our wedding party? I just chose a racy little nugget of love because it happens more than you would ever think. Could be they dated in high school. Could be they never had any sort of intimate, whatever I want to say, relations. And uh, But maybe they um, one liked one and one didn't like the other. One had rejection, one had love. Okay, so here's where we are. You're engaged and we've set a date. However, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and we start asking all the people or you have the ladies and the gents that you love. They'll be like, am I your best man? Am I your best man? Like it's a friends episode. Like it was that easy because you had that tight knit of a group and you could all shuffle each other around and have only three people in your wedding party and everybody could be the best person for somebody else, which I'm sorry, it's very rare. But way to go if that can happen for you because shuffling around and equaling it out is all very nice and good. So here we are. I'm Kelly here with Carrie and Amanda, and we are talking about the wedding party. Bridesmaids, they made a movie about us. And why is that? Is that movie appealing about all the things that we do? Really pretty much not. No, because we can be naughty and misbehave and think too much about one thing, not enough about another, put too much stock in, oh, I don't know, and ooh, she was more, and I was closer to her then when she was not there for her win, but oh, somebody else got engaged, and then she asked me to be her maid of honor, and then, well, heck fire, I had already asked somebody else to be my maid of honor, and then what do I do? Do I have two? Then you feel like you're the second round. These are the things, man. We got to stop overthinking it. ladies. This is just the beginning. What do I even say? Shall we start? First, the fundamental rules, you do not have to have an even number of bridesmaids and groomsmen. However, some people like the symmetry in which they see standing up next to you at the altar or wherever you're having your ceremony. I'm going to call it an altar, wherever it is. So if you need that symmetry in your eyes, we are not criticizing you. That is okay. But can we agree that at some point too much is excessive? Too much unevenness or too many people? No, too many people is excessive. Ooh. I mean, Ooh. I, I, I have to believe there are cases. <laughs> I have to believe there are cases where people did not need 27 bridesmaids and groomsmen and they could have maybe narrowed it down. I think at some point you just have to have a, a tough or a friendly conversation and say, we're limiting this. It's okay. not. Do each of you have a piece of paper? Do you have a piece of paper to write? How many do you think the most bridesmaids and groomsmen, write the number down. How many is the most you think I've ever had? Or just say it. The most, okay. Well, ladies, I just wanted to say that I love this time that I get with y'all. I just think it's so nice to, Kelly, you open us up with, again, tough conversations, none of the, or like tough subjects, or we're meeting people where they're at. All of our lucky couples out there, we're meeting you where you're at. 
And you start us off and the memories just keep flooding back and the opportunities and the things that we have seen just keep flooding back. And then Carrie right out the bat hits us with a hard one, a truth bomb. And so I think this is just my best thing ever. I will tell you, I am not prepared for paper today, my friend, but I can hold up fingers. So we are guessing first, first we are to guess how many you have seen the most of, or are we supposed to be putting down what we think is the maximum? No, we went, Carrie just said, uh, can we all agree that at some point it gets ridiculous? Where do you think I've topped out this many bridesmaids and this many groomsmen? I'm going to go with my max number of either or on either side. What's the max number? 15. I was going to say 20. 20? Oh, Carrie nailed it. She got 15. Uh, No, no, no. 16. 16. 16 was the number. Now, that child was the daughter that had three sisters. He had two sisters. It's an old style family that felt like all siblings had to be in the wedding party. That is part of this conversation. 20. Now, but to your 20 part, wedding party is also considered ushers. We've hit that moreover a million times and more with men also are you even talking when people do the second sneaky house parties oh no i wasn't oh, talking no. about that I... oh i'm sorry the no What's that? yes What's that? house party oh Carrie, wow. Carrie, welcome to the onion that I peeled and threw the 20 bomb. Do I need to pull, pull open my Emily Post etiquette book that is yellowed in pages to say what a house party is? I, I will do that. We'll get to it. Um, but yes, that is special people. <laughs> Look at her. Amanda is grinning ear to the ear about I'm grinning and winning because it's got to be 20, Kelly. Oh my it's- God, it's so 20. I'm pulling out house party. House party is... I have to be so careful in choosing. I would love to know what what other people would define house party as. You guys could be pulling it up on Google. I'm just pulling up invitations, clothes for the bridal party. Clothes, that's part of this. So let's see what we have here. House party is lovely, honored friends and family that we can, that are not bridesmaids, that do process, that... Like- Come down the like aisle family? that are, that are no, nope. It's like sometimes, a guest book attendant, right? Sometimes like, I've had I've had a bride say, "Okay, my sisters are the only bridesmaids. All the sisters are just bridesmaids, and so they wore one color of dress." Yes. So that was the you know two sisters here, a sister in law, and a sister in law, and then here came house. But see, it evolved. It did not start that way. So here is one subject we can talk about, and I think that you guys need to get in front of this, brides. Because this ends up evolving. It's like you think you know what you want to do. Once again, this is where we take pause in our please think for 24 hours before you hit send on anything. Don't talk out loud to anyone other than your mother, your dear Abby, your imaginary friend, your journal. I don't care. Write it out, map it out, whatever. Because before you know it, you think you kept it so simple and you had this situation where it was just the sisters going to be in the wedding party and now you have 11 house party that came in that had to buy a dress that got to buy a dress do you see how i'm changing my lovely words of choice do we get to buy a dress or did we have to buy a dress let's all change our attitude there is gratitude and attitude we get to buy a dress because we are a person of honor and hopefully i know is this one of the biggest, um, most misrepresented statements that's ever happened? I got them a dress that they could wear another time to another wedding. I'd like to have a show of hands. Did anybody ever wear 
I know I only have two people I get to see your hands. Has anybody ever worn a dress that they were uh, tasked and honored to wear in a wedding to another event or wedding? No. no. The answer is no. no never. So, ladies, the chances of... I'm still looking for... Um, can I, okay, as you Google, can I say, mm-hmm. or as you Google and as you search um, mm-hmm. and flip the pages, which sounds so much more lovely than Google, as you flip the pages, yes, I'm, I'm flipping um, can I say that I also think that at some sometimes it is not just the dress or what the dress looked like. It is the memory of the night of in the dress. It's like the dress carries its own juju or mojo. So you can't just whip out that wonder, even if it is a nice tint tone and shade for what you're maybe going for. Like even if it was flattering on you and you did enjoy it and things like that, there is like an aura about the dress that is denoted it as the bridesmaid dress from when. So it carries Mm. its own. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel (laughs) you. So someone would say, didn't you wear that to so-and-so's wedding? Or you're like, oh my gosh, that night in that dress, and there's a whole aura around the beautifulness, even if it is re- re-wearable, even if it is your style, your taste, etc. Don't you think the dress carries the heft and weft of being a bridesmaid? Yes. <laughs> right? Doesn't doesn't it? Yes. 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 If we like Marie Kondo'd the dress, we'd be like, oh, I feel you, girl. Yes. Yes. And, and and so while we're on dress, let's just hit the dress right now. Carrie, you have brought the subject and it falls in and out of um, trend. It falls in and out of trend. And I so I don't even necessarily say is the trend. But, you know, when you're seeing bridesmaids, I hope I'm not wrecking the good, the bad, the ugly question at the end or the good, the bad, the snuggly at the end. Because now I'm going to out my uh, my answer. Um, I have several on hand. Don't you worry. Okay. Is what, you know, do you like all the same style of dress or do you let them choose? Well, first and foremost, it is difficult to find a designer that makes a dress in the same dye lot. So, for instance, I'm not choosing black, all right? Even though I also would argue any given day of the week, their black comes in all different colors and shades and dye lots. Oh, so, yes, when you tell course. a friend yes. or your whole wedding party, hey, just get a black dress, that's just a loaded darn cannon of not goodness. And this is where like Honk and Frank and Steve Martin and um, the father of the bride and his, his black tux turns up Navy. That's what you got. So the dress of different styles is first of all, hard to find, but what girls don't think about when they're doing that, they think they're being kind and that's nice. And I like when we think we're being kind, this is wonderful is they think that they are offering people an opportunity to perhaps get a style that is best suited to their figure. I think that is the primary reason for this thing. Maybe this is some seriously insane designer that has really cool designs. The next problem with that is, and nobody thought this through as it was happening, is if that wedding party lined up for the pictures at the altar has, I'm going to go with nine bridesmaids. So you've got nine dresses. Let's just say our math is coming out equal and lovely. So you're going to say three people chose one, three people chose another, and three people chose another. Question is, how do you line them up? Because if I don't have it going symmetrically on my eyeballs, or do you care? Symmetrically on my eyeballs, every other, every other, every other. Or do I, you know, go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three on the three different styles so that it's beautifully 
smooth in my brain? Or do I put three together that are the same, three together that are the same, three together that are the same? Suddenly, the style of your dress may be trumping the order in which the people are standing next to you at the altar, which also is a sticky wicket because your best person of honor stands next to you. Beyond that, my rule of thumb is a very politically correct kind, take the hard decision out of your life. It should not be a popularity contest. I don't usually give my opinion, but it's going to make your life easier if this is not a popularity contest. It should go in height order. Normally the height order would be if I am looking at my altar, and I know this seems counterproductive to the symmetry I'm speaking of, so I'm going to draw, if my bride and groom are of average height, in my height order of wedding party, I've sent my tallest people in the door first, so the tallest people are the furthest out, so that they can see over the others to the beautiful couple as they're exchanging their vows. So unless I have a that makes sense. six foot four groom and a five foot 11 bride at which point then the most petite of our our um and then beyond our maid of honor and matron of honor and our best man or best men they're always next to you no matter the height so then you have it would be strange if everybody went from tall tall bridegroom to you know buckets but really no matter what the the most peace, love, and happiness about arranging them. And then again, we get back to, let's talk about sex. So the problem with this now is you have your altar arrangements. And now if they did not walk in as pairs to enter the procession and they came in, the men all walked in together with their groom, depending on the faith and what we've decided to do. And I know this doesn't seem like stuff that we're thinking about, but it's better to be thinking about this now than if we didn't get the lovely opportunity to have a wedding planner or a church person that was kind and loving to you that had this conversation before you arrived at the rehearsal and you were awkwardly deciding who is standing where with whom and walking down when, where, how, and why. And so, also, so usually the exit, the recessional, you go out in pairs, in couples. So if people, and so another fact that people try to factor in here, it doesn't always work out, can, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, is if people are having to be spouses. That So let's just say, Carrie, you and your husband were in my wedding and, you know, so much way you got moved closer to me because of whatever the order was, but you guys wanted to leave as couples. Sometimes I can arrange that in the recessional and it's a smooth merging and couples can walk out together. Most couples that are married to each other are okay with not exiting on each other's arms. However, if we're newly married and we're so excited about it, we'd love to be featured on each other's arms. I feel like I've totally gotten off track. We were talking about dresses. We were talking about how many. The dresses, the next thing is consideration one of the pieces of advice, and I loved it at the time, and I will love it forever, is one of the little ladies that I worked with in the beautiful wedding shop that I started in, when one of her bridesmaids was fussy pussing about what colors to have, and not every color looked good on every bridesmaid, is she said, honey, you need to treat it like paint in a room. You need to pick a color that looks good on you because they're surrounding you all day. 
So you pick a color that you like and that you feel pretty in because your wedding party will be around you all day in that beautiful color. If that is what we are concerned over. Some people have a theme and they want to make those dresses go with that theme. There was a year of the gray and the yellow wedding. Everything was gray and yellow. Everything was gray and yellow. Everything was gray and yellow. So we were going to do either gray or yellow. So we did gray and we had a yellow pashmina. The next thing going back to, and I'm so sorry, I get detoured in my brain and carry the thought of the different styles. The one other comment I will make, if people use different styles, I don't care which order you put them in when they're up there. In my mind, we're focusing on the bride, the bride who is so pretty, all eyes on the bride. When we have, and I realize we have a whole ceremony to get through and we can be thinking how pretty she is, but when we have other dresses and styles and things that are different and so forth, it takes away the focus off of our bride and groom. It's yeah, not that- I never, I never thought of it that way. And that's why I think this podcast is so interesting for me because I, I never, I don't think about all of the things and, that go into a wedding and that but, may not be, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I, you know, there's a nice, it's a nice gesture to say, let's pick something that anyone can choose. So it suits their body type. You know, that's a nice thing to do for people. But at the end of the day, yes, you do want to draw and bring the focus back to the couple. And so if you've got a lot of distraction between height variations or just different looks and whatever colors and things like that, it is going to be just a general distraction away from the, the couple. Yes. Where, where would you guys like to dive in next? Do you want to talk about uh, who you choose and how you choose them? Or do we want to talk about what it costs to have people in your wedding and what it costs to be invited to somebody's wedding? I think you give a little bit more about start of who you're choosing and how you're choosing them and then kind of flow through just as you shared, because I think that these are the way that the couple choosing might think of. They might think of who's around them. How do we get there? Then, then the next, so let's, let's put ourselves in position of the couple. So excited, said yes. Now they can't wait. The, or the, the rumor is true. It's on the internet. Everybody knows. So our special people, our VIPs are waiting for the phone to ring, the text message to happen, the card to be sent in the mail and received, et cetera, et cetera. And Ooh, so how can of corn. We didn't even talk about how you ask your wedding party. I know. I baited you so hard. And you oh, you do, do I know you or what? Do you send a butlered bagpiper and does he hand it to you on a silver tray with gloves? Do you send the cookies, you know, with a little something, something extra in them? If you're from one of those states and you say we're so super high on our happiness and you ask him to join you as your bro all the things the bros do it the girls do it the longtime friends do it i gotcha so that's another one start where you're starting friend. And now so much way it's like i've suddenly turned the gender reveal party into your bridesmaids reveal except you could never do that because it would be so damn mean on or you could just surprise them and have like a cake that blew up with confetti and then everybody that was at that party having cake gets to let them eat cake and be in your wedding party what but sometimes it's like a rose ceremony i mean let's be real sometimes there is drama so we are starting with the how you choose and the graciousness behind it because i think also 
Kelly has brought up so many little nuggets because I think the other thing is, as we talk to couples out there in the ether, Kelly is such a treasure trove of things. As she says things, you will grab them and be like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh, I can see myself here. Oh, this is my moment. Oh, she's speaking. I can understand how to move through this because I think, you know, to avoid or to move through this process and to not have hurt around this process, there's going to be some tool that you can use. Oh, our photographer really mentioned that we need to have this many. So would you please help me in this way? Blame it on these professional people. Oh, I heard this podcast once and she told me, use us. So, okay, let's go back to how you're getting your people. Let's go that way, Kelly. So we're going to start with siblings. And typically, if you're safe, if you're so excited and you're so excited, excited. Some families are old school, traditional, and you have, I'm going to assume you want to have your siblings in your wedding. So, but this can be an array of, if I have a super young bride and her siblings are both younger and older than her, it become it just is an interesting thing. So how can I say it? And then there's also uh, the distance in years between Ling, a, a bride and her sister and or a groom and his brother. So let's just, I'm just going to call it a five-year five year differential. Um, I'm going to use men right now because it seems less emotional. So if I'm the groom and my brother is five years older than me, because the older brother, five years older, no, this is not hard. I lied. I lied. See, some of these stories we just can't tell. But if you're five years apart, that means you went through high school and college, never really being in the same school, even as your brother. And in the last, for all intents and purposes, in the last college years, four years, you've not even lived under the same roof. So that brother with the big age differential, you may not be your closest person. I would say if I were a guessing gal on stats and data that um, nine times out of 10, most people choose their brother to be their best man. When people have, are faced with this and it's hard, typically they'll have two best men ask me the question because why have we ever stopped at two best men? I've never had somebody do more than two, but that wouldn't make any sense to me because then what about the rest of them? And then there've been somebody who have had they've no best people. I just stuttered a whole bunch, but they didn't give anybody that title because in their mind, everybody was as special as the next. I like that. Yeah. So for, so then you get into, if I'm just going to start with old school, traditional thought and again, age factors into this, but if, if your fiance has a sister, more than likely she would be expected to be a bridesmaid or in the wedding party somewhere. It is not a hard, fast rule that she is a bridesmaid. This is hard because if they already got married before you, or I'm sorry, that's just a sister. It's not even considering, okay, so if there's a brother and he has a wife, what do you do about the brother's wife? You don't, she's not required to be in the wedding party um, like a sibling or sister would be. But the usually immediate family is, is considered to be in the wedding party somewhere. As far as friends go, this is what I would say to everyone. The younger the bride, they tend to still be close to a larger number of people. They were just out of college. We're still close to fraternity, sorority people. We are new at our jobs. We are, but we're also excited and emotional. And we're just, just, oh my gosh, I go to lunch with these girls every single day. I want to invite this work friend. My question is, if you cannot see yourself in a daily, weekly, monthly, annually kept up on relationship, 
in the next five years, if, if, and, and that's a harsh, this is a harsh, hard conversation, everybody. But I would argue that you would have just as many people saying, you know, I can say this about the parents of children also. When somebody in your peer group gets engaged, okay, so let's just say the three of us and my son is getting engaged and I have a set of friends that he is close to and he likes and he loves, but that's not who I am super, super close to. The problem that parents we all have is that we feel like we must ask. We say too much. We say too much. You've got to try to just keep it close. If you have not yet asked your wedding party to be in the wedding party, you got to avoid that topic at all costs until you have it determined. Oftentimes girls have it picked out or want to get it determined well before the young men do. And it just seems to me, and I don't want to misspeak on it, but I hear certainly a lot more about girls being either having hurt feelings or they felt they sometimes our our moms really throw in the cousin they they have a really close sister and they want you they feel pressured by their sister that you must have your cousin in the wedding and so the wedding party is very fun but it does not have to be a cast of a thousand and here is another reason why that is not necessarily a bad thing on both fronts from a financial perspective. Every bridesmaid, I'm going to start in with the bride. If I, For every bridesmaid I ask, I'm putting a bouquet in their hand, so that's money. I'm putting a gift some which way. I'm giving you my average of what typically oftentimes does happen. Usually there's a bachelorette weekend, and that is a topic for a maybe later in this episode, but I don't, I don't know. That's that a whole separate podcast. <laughs> it has gotten, it has gotten a little bit insane. And so, you know, you've got a bridesmaids, you've got to pay for the bouquet, which those are going to land just shy of a hundred dollars. Those are going to be 85 bucks. Okay. So then you have, however you decided to ask them, maybe it didn't cost you anything. That's great. Then you're expecting them. This can fall with you or with them, but they are expected to have a dress and shoes, and jewelry, and usually there's hair and makeup involved. Sometimes the bride pays for that. Sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes the bride and her family provide the hair and the makeup, and the wedding party pays for the tip. Always tip, always tip, always tip. If these stylists are coming out of their salon on their busiest day of the week, you must tip like you just had your hair cut and colored in the salon. I'm a 20% tipper. I'm just saying it. If not more, I'm ridiculous, but that's okay. So now I'm just throwing all the balls in the air, all the bridesmaids expenses. So they they just get divvied out because maybe I've got a parent who has a beautiful boat that is able to host everybody on it. And it didn't cost as far as the trip goes, but my average estimation of being asked to be in a wedding lands you between 700 and $1,200. Would be my guess. Is that like a local wedding or is that, you know, like minus no, no travel? Yeah, that's that's no travel. That's um, no, that's that's assuming you're going on a bachelor bachelor. OK, weekend, OK, yeah, is yeah. what I would say. As far as your wedding budget goes, let's just do this math. If you've got nine bridesmaids times 85 bucks tax and all in on a, a, a bouquet, then you've got your gift. But I'm now, if I'm a bridesmaid, I'm getting invited to more than one shower because you want numbers at your showers. 
but your bridesmaids, technically speaking, every person is only supposed to be invited to one shower. That has gotten a little bit looser because we do have couple showers now. And so that's a little bit different. But if you want your friends to be there, you need to encourage them to please come. You want everyone to get to know each other and you're not expected to bring a gift to the shower. Just make sure that they know that they're not expected to do such a thing. So uh, I agree. It's for like the essence and the mojo to like move through so that if you, the bride are taken away for individual pictures, or if you are having the moment where you're seeing your father for the first time, or there's a certain couple shoot with the two, you know, jets to themselves or whatnot, then I think that it's important that the group has a little bit of congeniality and it's not so fake. Otherwise, when they're like snuggle and smile or pretend you're all laughing, it won't come off as genuine. So I do think Kelly, you just made a really great point of that. You're focusing on bringing your worlds together. And that might be a sister-in-law that might be a cousin, you know, so making sure these groups of people meet each other. I think that's a really important way to encapsulate those moments and also to let them know at the beginning, this could be their journey because they're going to look in their calendar and say, great. Oh, I'm free on the 15th of April. Well, honey bunny, there's a lot more, you know, so as soon as possible, share with them, this is a journey and we really want you to take place in our journey together. And the, the expectation is, no, I don't need 16 different teaspoon sets from you. You know, you can come to my showers to be a participant in the journey. I think those are really great points I just wanted to highlight because when you have these beautiful, will you be my blank, 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 um, explain to them because they get to say yes. And then they also get to say, oh, maybe not or oh, no, I think that not this will not be my something new barred and blue. But if someone says kindly, no, thank you. Um, you know, make sure that your ladies and gents, your people around you go into with full expectation so that the energy on the day of is still what you want it to be when you ask them. You send my brain. You give me so much to work with here. Furthermore, by now, if we have gone on a bachelorette weekend or a bachelor weekend and we've not been around each other, the two movies did my job for me. So bridesmaids, hello, in the bridal shop. And the competition of who's going to host the good shot. I mean, the movie really just, it, it, it has done the best job ever because every single thing that happened in that movie, that was a movie. Was, isn't that where Bridesmaids was? Oh. Downtown Chicago? Oh, I think it was in Wisconsin somewhere. Like Milwaukee, maybe. Okay. I think everything that happened in that with regards to choosing the dress, trying to pick the color, trying to pick the style, all the things, all the things. Could we all be so blessed to have a lovely sister of the groom and Melissa McCarthy? But if we have misbehaviors on said party and weekends, and now we're coming together for the first time since that time, because awkward, awkward. So let's try to mind our P's and Q's on showers, introductions into the worlds of each other. I, you've, you've got my, my perfect example of what I know is when you have an all girl Catholic school, those girls usually stay close and are friends in high school. So a lot of times you'll have then that little group and then their college group. And then you merge those two groups in, in wedding parties. So you're going to be together at the bachelor and same thing, the movie, the hangover, you got to see all of the personalities way out and the misbehaving and all the things, because then you're going to come back together and either we're going to have some very uh, well-informed and we know what to avoid on the wedding day 
which I hope we do because now we're coming together at the bridesmaids luncheon. That's another expense on the bride's side. Um, a lot of times that's hosted or offered by aunts and um, lady friends and things, but sometimes that ends up falling on your family and in your family budget. If there is one, there is not always one. That's an optional event, but also to that optional event day for men, a lot of times it's golf or gathering or whatnot. When we come to town on the Friday, again, more money, more money, more money being spent. The tuxedo, suit rental, tuxedo rental is 200 bucks. End of, start, finish, can be more, can be a, 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 buck, a buck less, but that's where you're at. So your $200, the boutonnieres are 20 bucks a pop. So that's, I've, I've had people trending away from boutonnieres because some of the superstars haven't been wearing them. Um, that can kind of help peel off in the wedding budget. But then you've got the groomsman gift. And then you have, you know, guys don't have to do hair and makeup, but that's just kind of the crux of it. So the next thing I would say to you, now you have this group of people, then you have people who are not in your wedding party or your house party, and then you have other roles to fill. And so I don't want to, this is, you know, this is a wedding party podcast. So now you have probably going to have a reading. I'm going to say one, one reading in your wedding that can be a person of our peer age, but that is oftentimes can be an aunt, can be an uncle, can be whatever. Reading actually is not a crap job in a wedding. That's actually a pretty important. I think some people think it's a crap job. It's not. And it's also nothing to sneeze at. It's um, everybody's looking at you. You're talking. I uh, do not feel that it is necessary or required to give that person a flower boutonniere would be nice if they're up there. But the question I would ask you as a lady is, do you want something pinned on you or do you want to wear something on your wrist? Some people would say, yes, Carrie, you're nodding. No, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. want either. Yeah, I wouldn't want either. I'd have to worry about it. And I would feel, I don't know, I don't like attention to be drawn to myself, but some people think that it reflects a position of honor and that is totally fine and, and great. Sometimes we have greeters that welcome the people as they arrive. And greeters can be in addition to people handing out programs. People in these days don't like to use the word program attendance, but that's kind of what they are. That was the old title to the name. But this is another way to incorporate people in your wedding party. To be clear, back in the day, me using that phrase again, wedding party kind of did a lot of the duties of getting ready in the wedding day. It has evolved away from that. It used to be that your maid of honor was in charge of you, man. She was making sure that you were not huffing and puffing and schlepping your shoes and this and that. So then we got to the personal attendant. But we're kind of, we've gotten, gotten away from all of that because not my words, somebody else's. Do I really want to be somebody's personal attendant if I was not their bridesmaid? If I were close to them and I wanted to be a part of it and I love them, I would not care. But, and maybe I didn't want to have to buy a dress. And maybe I didn't want to feel like going on that, you know, and then I've got a handful of ladies that would love to be invited to go to the bachelorette weekend that have miles to spend on their, you know, travel extravaganza. So I think it's important that I, sorry, I feel yeah. like to go back, you mentioned earlier on, like, what if my new brother-in-law is married, right? So I've got a brother-in-law, sister-in-law, like she's over there hanging out. Maybe that's a good way to where like, you don't need to be all about me. You don't need to buy the dress and be in all my pictures because you're not my first ride or die. Been there through everything. Gonna see me through all my moments or have seen me through all my moments in my past, but you're someone in my future. So I love that opportunity to engage 
those future relationships as saying, hey, we are going to be in this big fam together. You're new. I'm new. I see you there and I want to bring you in. I think those are ways to maybe include those people if you're feeling pressure about like the brother-in-law, sister-in-law, bigger family moments and things. I think those are fun ways to say, hey, I want you to join us for all the things, but I just heartfelt I'm going to have a few other ladies standing on the altar for me, but it would be really important if you join me for the luncheons and would you please do this role for me? It means a lot because we're going to spend Thanksgiving together this coming year, you know? Yep. So I think those are good ways to share those heart, like true intentions. And like you also might not have been around for her wedding. So sh I think writing on the wall, it, it's going to feel really natural natural, excuse me, natural for you to engage in those things. And then again, she'll feel more included when you're like, oh, and by the way, there's a cute luncheon, come on over. Or, oh, by the way, we're all getting our hair done. Do you want to join me? Uh -huh. Maybe you don't pick up her expense. Maybe you don't, but you've included her in this really organic way, knowing that she is a part of your future, but maybe not part of your past. I think that's what's hard with bridesmaids is that sometimes they're, these weird positions where you're trying to blend both, especially if you're a younger um, or if your spouse or partner is going to be younger than everybody else and you've got all these alls you're inheriting, right? You're like, oh my gosh, he's the fourth boy of four, which is my situation. Anyway, you're like, what do I do with all these ladies, right? Mine's very different. We won't go there. But again, that's a fun way to incorporate all your new sisters-in-law to be um, that feels really organic. And I just wanted to touch on that because Kelly, you brought up those points before. So just helping out all those big families out there or all those younger, youngers out there still making it feel special. Yeah. And I, I feel like I have made this kind of a negative component of the wedding party. It's stressful. It, this is another example of this process is very, very joyful, but it is the emotional quotient is extremely high. And we try so hard not to hurt people's feelings, but the bottom line is we cannot make every single person happy, just can't. And that's not just regarding wedding party. It's regarding every single thing in life and in planning your wedding. And the bottom line is you need to be selfish in thinking, but maybe not acting it, that this is your, this is your one day and you want to surround yourself and set yourself up for the most pleasant, joyful, stress-free day as possible. And so to, and the next thing I will tell you is it's not unheard of when wedding parties and things are established and certain things could happen within that time of the engagement that are not necessarily great amongst people. But um, I would just encourage everyone, all of, all of us, ladies and gentlemen, to just be the best people that we can. Don't sweat the small stuff. Be smart. Set a good example. Say things that we would want our mothers to hear us saying and our, our grandmas to not be said. We said it and we're going to have a good time. And, you know, men, you know what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And we really shouldn't drink big time on a wedding day. Here's the next thing. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up because I think we've kind of touched on it all more often than not, the younger, the wedding party, the more they are apt and enjoy driving around on that wedding party bus for two hours or more or whatever, taking pictures around town, the more weddings you are in and have a part of the more disenchanted with that process you become. So I would 
say to all of you, and that is in the event that the bride and groom have decided to see them each other before the wedding, then you sometimes go around on this vehicle and take pictures all around town and things like that. More often than not, I hear from bridesmaids and groomsmen, I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if it's cold. I don't th care if there's sweat is they were, oh my God, I had to drive around town and take pictures for two and a half hours. So I don't know if those people had to sit there and they weren't featured in those pictures and they were standing there with their finger in their nose watching the bride and groom make a levy eyes and in the grass with is this beautiful before things. the ceremony oh yeah that's right this is that we've had a first look we've had moments it's before the ceremony the older we get the less we are enchanted with that but i would say along the lines of i derail digress most people don't want to be taking pictures for two and a half three hours it's independent of the wedding shots yet and all the rest of the things. So just keep in mind that while it is fun, also the more time we spend on that bus, the more chances you have of total over serving somebody. I don't ever recommend hard alcohol on a bus ever, ever, ever. Boys, think of those girls with whatever you're buying to serve prior to the wedding or after. And if we have just transportation after a ceremony from ceremony to country club to hotel to wherever it is. I don't care if it is exactly three city blocks. Make sure you have two cocktails per person. They will consume it and they might want more. That being said, along with the very long ride of taking pictures for too long, nobody wants to hear anybody speak for more than 10 minutes ever at a wedding. Even my best, most funny, 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 funny dads. It's really hard to engage people for that long. So while you're really, really funny, I think that your really, really great things should be highlighted. Okay, we're going to stop here unless there's something that I have missed. I've got the good, the bad, the snuggly girl. Don't forget about it. Okay, so, all right. The good, the bad, the ugly, or the snuggly. Snuggly meaning we're here for it. It's cute. We love it. What do we think about a best woman and a man of honor. When I was a man of honor. There you go. Go carry. I knew I'd get you, girl. You talk about it. Mine was a very odd circumstance. It was my mother's old boyfriend who's remained very close to our family. So I was his woman. Can I father? just interject? I'm so happy. <laughs> I was going to ask, was he in love with you? And I'm so glad it wasn't somebody who I thought it might have been and that he wasn't in love with you. He no. <laughs> but he did love her. Rich backstory. That's a different podcast. <laughs> love y'all both. Okay. Keep going on your woman of honor. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. I, I was a, I was a, the, the best honor. Yes. The best man. Yes. The best woman. Yes. The best woman. Yes. Yes. I was the only person on his side that stood up. So I was honored to be that selected and to be a part of it. And I didn't feel weird about it whatsoever. You know, like I just thought, okay, I mean, this is a person who wants me to be standing and representing them and be a part of the ceremony. And I want to be here and support them. So I'm happy to do so. So I'm all for it. I, I say there's no reason you can't switch it up. I 1000% agree. I think more often I have a bride's man standing on the bride's side than I've had ladies standing on the groom's side, I will say. I, I don't think that it was necessarily awkward, but it, you know, like obviously the ladies walk down with a bouquet. He's not going to carry a bouquet unless he is like literally David on Schitt's Creek and wants one, which not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and I don't know if David wants one or not. But know your people. Right. Know your people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, know your people. Yeah, there you go. Know your people. All for it. I think as long as 
you know who you're asking, you know what you're asking of them, and basically got um, a groom who wants his dad to be his best man. And I think that is extraordinary. And the good, the bad, the funny, it's the funny, funny, good stuff. I think ladies, that is a more uncommon standing up is the lady on the man side, just in my experience of statistics. But I think it's great. I think uh, no matter what, you're a unique situation because you were just that one person. And yeah. Can I, can I take over? Yeah. Because I, I don't usually answer these, but I just had a small thought in the back of my mind for those planning out there. So those are couples out there when you're asking the, you know, the switcheroo and then you have a traditional behind the line. Um, so meaning there's a girl or a woman standing on the groomsman side and then there's a bunch of other gentlemen to follow. And then a gentleman standing amongst the ladies on the bride side or the opposite couple side. I think that just be aware of everything before those beautiful pictures, making sure that there's a welcome space for everyone to get ready in. You know, if you mm. were, for example, in like a gentleman's locker room, mm. um, your beautiful, you know, woman of honor is not going to feel welcomed in that space. So just make sure you're super transparent with all your team ahead of time. Lean on your wedding planners to make sure that it's a welcome space for everybody to join, that he can come in and get his beautiful, handsome outfit on alongside of all the women and grab that flower or not take a posy or whatever's going to feel right for that person. Make sure that that, then if you ask a woman of honor to be a part of it, make sure they are included in the bachelor gentleman's getting to know you. How is that going to look down the line? So it's not just about that. Who's important to you. It's about that whole dynamic leading up to the wedding and just make sure you've had your full, again, before you hit send, think 24 hours, make sure you fully flush out your whole vision all the way down to the down the aisle or down the walkway. Then make sure it's really cohesive for you. But then we are all on board for it. I think it's, I think it could be so lovely. And if those are your people, your people are there for you. And that's what it really is about. But make sure you lean on your team and lean on the people around you to make sure that the, all the things leading up to it, if there's not just a one in one, like Carrie's beautiful memory is that you make sure that there's a way to incorporate them in all the phases of the process to make sure it's genuine and authentic. Because if not, you know, if not, maybe you cross the aisle, put them on the other side and just really engage them with your new person. Because if your new person is going to be your person forever, then they should know all your lovey people too. So maybe instead of drawing a hard line on sides, if it's more natural for someone to be on the other one, let's make those connections. But if not, I love it. We're here for it. Super snugly. Have a woman of honor. Have a best man um, or a mate, mister of honor. Do all the things. Because also, just really quick, to all of this point, what we're talking about is we have to know the rules before we get there because it is an awkward situation. You oftentimes don't get to say, hey, I want, I want to tell you what I want, what I really, really want, what I really, really want, what I really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want a boy. Forget my past. You think you're um, those copyright laws. We love you. That's an old band. How are we going to get permission? I don't even know. I love it. They're going to be at the. What are the, 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 I don't even know what. Uh, we got to know the rules, guys. You don't want to pick a fight on the day of your wedding because if you get mad, you're emotional right. because you're already emotional. The rules are the rules. We don't make them in wedding vendor business. We have to follow right. them. Sometimes your people are. You're just. I'm delivering the message, and so if you do have that man coming in. 
Trust me when I say he does not want to stand there looking at y'all, getting your makeup and your eyelashes because he could be off doing. And anyway, we're going to tell you what we want, what we really, really want. We have to tell you what we want, but we got to ask for the permission. So just all the things to make our experience of getting ready. That's your whole wedding party is around you your whole day. So aside from family, which you don't have a choice to be around or not, because that's just the way it is in life. Everybody else surround yourself with what is going to give you the most uncomplicated, joy-filled time. And if somebody's feelings are a little bit hurt today, they likely are not going to be a little hurt tomorrow. And if they are, we're sorry. And you can be sorry for how they feel. It doesn't mean you don't love them. Just doesn't mean that we could put them in the wedding party for whatever reason it is. And we don't have to know that reason. All right. So long. Farewell. For better or for worse. Adieu. Adieu. Do you and you and you. Ta-ta-do-do-do-do-do. Ta-ta-do-do-do-do.